When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But let's talk more about the win at Penn State. Tonight's college football playoff rankings and other Ohio State stuff with Buckeyes beat reporter at Bucknuts.com. Our good buddy Steve Hellwagon. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. How are you today, Steve? I'm doing good. What's going on? Well, Steve, we want to go back to that Penn State game because for 51 minutes, the Buckeyes were losing to Penn State 21-16 to and were not running the ball. Uh, had some nice defensive plays, but still were trailing to six-year uh, senior Sean Clifford uh, at quarterback. What happened in the final nine minutes, Steve, after talking to the coaches and the players? Where, where did that one finally go in favor of the Buckeyes in Happy Valley? Well, I think what you saw eventually was the cream rose to the top, and that was JT Tuimaloal, who was the quote-unquote most talented player on the field, according to all the recruiting rankings from over the years, uh, number two or three player in the 2021 recruiting class. Man, did he have a game. And uh, he turned this one on a dime there. Uh, Penn State did take the lead uh, 21-16, with about nine minutes to go, and uh, then uh, the Buckeyes hit two big pass plays from Stroud to Marvin Harrison, who has also really come into his own, obviously. He had 10 catches in the game, and Stroud was fabulous as well, and Travion Henderson ripped off the big run. But then on Penn State's next possession, Tumaloal forced a fumble, and Ohio State put that ball into the end zone immediately with a pass to Kate Stover. So they went from down five to up nine in a span of, of about 45 seconds on the clock. And I don't think Penn State really grasped what really hit them there. And then later in the game, Tui Maloal had the, the cherry on top with a amazing pick six interception from Clifford on a pass rush, just reached up and grabbed the ball out of the sky and took it in for the touchdown. So, you know, I think you just got to be, I don't know what to say, just uh, the the better team at the end finally showed it, and uh, that was Ohio State. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to pull into the parking lot here at the shot, and they need to see my phone because of technology in the year 2022. Go ahead, to, uh, do your thing. My parking pass. So bear with me one moment here while I I get uh, fucked off here. Yeah, there you go. See, that that's um, uh, Steve Hellwagon, not only covering Ohio State football, but also also Ohio State basketball, which you're going to hear tonight here on WHBC. Chaminade against OSU coming your way at 6.15, which means Paul Keels and Ronnie Stokes calling the action. Uh, and you can hey, get uh, Buckeyes coverage. Hey, I'm in the lot. Coverage. You got me. 
There you You're go. There? You can get Buckeyes coverage at bucknuts.com hey, football and basketball. When you get in there today, make sure you say hello to my buddy, Ronnie Stokes. We went to high school together. He's a good friend of ours. We have him on a show talking basketball. When we get into basketball season, great guy, and I'm yes. sure you run into him quite a bit. I will. I will. Um, I am. Uh, tonight is their exhibition against Chaminade from Hawaii. It's on uh, Big Ten Network, uh, their streaming platform, uh, pay-per-view. So, uh, to plug them, if you pay $10 for a one-month pass, you can watch this game nice. and the first game next Monday against Robert Morris for the regular season. Those are both uh, premium streaming only, but after that, everything will be on regular TV after that. we get you back into some football talk here in a second, but when you see Ronnie tonight, make sure you ask him about his uh, time in dancing with the Columbus Stars. He came in second. We're kind of upset he didn't take first place. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it was outstanding. What high, what high school was that? Camp McKinley. He's Camp McKinley, okay. Yep. He and he, Our backcourt was him, believe it or not, and yeah. Troy Taylor. Of course, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Those guys were at OSU just before I was there. I okay. was there in the late 80s. They were there in the mid 80s. Yep. But I watched all of it on TV. I remember it. I think uh, didn't they go up against North Carolina and Michael Jordan in the tournament? I think yes, so. they did. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. He's talked about Pretty that crazy. in the past. Yeah, it was. Hey, let's get back to football here with the, the win over Penn State. Tua Maloa uh, <laughs> comes up big, but uh, they finally were able to run the ball late, Steve. But they've had you know problems running the ball this year, and it goes back to that game last year at Michigan where they got manhandled in the trenches. How do you feel about the offensive line now and the way it's playing moving into the most important part of the season with a road game at Maryland before the final home game against Michigan? Yeah, I think you got to be a little bit concerned about what you've seen here the last two weeks against Iowa. They only had, I think, 66 yards rushing. And this game, only 98. But as I said, 41 of that team on that Henderson run that uh, was really set up perfectly when you hit two uh, – good pass plays you had the uh, Penn State defense on their heels and then you hit them with uh, the, the run play behind all that and uh, I don't think Penn State really knew what hit them there but uh, yeah you take that play away then they only netted uh, 57 yards rushing on like right. 25 carries or something so you know there wasn't a lot to write home about they ran four or five screen pass plays that went nowhere so there was a lot there that just didn't work out for them. And I think that they're using this week. Obviously, they're a huge uh, five-touchdown favorite to go to Northwestern this week and decimate them. Northwestern's lost seven games in a row and, and really kind of playing out the string now. Um, so, you know, figures to be a big win for the Buckeyes on Saturday, but using this time to get to get some things figured out. And uh, I guess the good news for this team is that uh, – no one seemed to be able to get a handle on their passing offense yet, and uh, they've just thrown over the heads of everybody. But, uh, you know, there might be a game at some point where you just can't out-talent the opponent. you got to move them off that spot. And, uh, you know, can this team do that or not? I, I'm not sure we have the answer to that just yet. It's interesting you mentioned figure out. And I'm trying to figure out the play calling on Ryan Day's part Saturday. Now, it's the running game or the play calling – Trevion Henderson or Mayan Williams. So, I mean, I, I we kept trying to run this bubble screen versus trying to maybe ran the ball, run the ball, I'm sorry, with Mayan Williams seems to be the hot hand. Is there something wrong with Trevion Henderson? 
health-wise? No, I don't believe so. I mean, Henderson uh, played, you know, the balance of the game on Saturday. Uh, I think some people aren't real happy about his movement laterally in the backfield that he needs to make a decision and and have better vision and and hit the hole maybe a little bit harder. But uh, beyond that, uh, Mayan Williams actually did get injured in the game. He was tackled on the sideline and thrown into the the down marker. And as Ryan Day described it today, his arm got twisted up in the chain and uh, injured his wrist somehow there as part of all that. And uh, so he left the game. He had a sling on as he was leaving the game. Uh, You know, they don't think it's any kind of a lasting thing. But, man, this guy's been banged up all season long. So, uh, you know, no need for him to play probably this week against Northwestern, obviously. But uh, get Dallin Hayden, and they've moved Chip Trianum, the transfer we talked about last week. They moved him over to running back full time. So they've got other people they can put in the game. But, uh, yeah, they got it. One way or the other, they got to be able to run the ball when they want to run the ball and uh, establish uh, that first and foremost. Uh, you know, and as I said, you know, when you get in against better opponents, which you're going to start seeing them here uh, after another two or three more games, every game you're going to play after that's going to be against the top five teams. So uh, you you better get with it because uh, it's going to, going to get a lot uh, tougher here uh, sooner rather than later. All right. What's the latest on Jackson Smith in Jigba? You mentioned the running backs are a little dinged up. Uh, what do we know about this injury do they expect him to play again this season for the Buckeyes? Is he done and headed to the NFL? What's the latest, Steve Hellwagon, on this? Yeah, they're not closing any doors on him. Uh, Ryan Day was asked about it today. Just asked pretty. He said, I'm not going to give any injury updates. He was asked, do you expect him to play again at some point this year? And he said, absolutely. So that's all we have to go on right there. Uh, they're practicing uh, – over there right now across the parking lot and i'm sure uh behind all those closed doors uh they know what's going on but again you're playing northwestern there's no reason if if, if he couldn't play against penn state i can't imagine any scenario where he right. could play against northwestern or you know he couldn't play against iowa last week so my guess is they're they're going to uh to bide their time and get this guy as healthy as they can for the games that matter down the line but you know, how much can he help him I, at this point? I, I don't know. They've kind of, the, the train has kind of left the station at this point for this season, and I have a hard time wondering how a guy who hasn't played is, is going to help the, the bottom line here down the stretch. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Alabama put, uh, uh, what was it, Waddle back in for the national championship game That's against right. uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was an example. But uh, guess what? We'll to wait and see. Yeah, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. You don't need him. Oh boy, Steve is he yeah. the best? Not on the just the Buckeyes, but in the entire country. You know he may well be. He's having just one fabulous season, uh, ten for one eighty-five, uh, which were both career highs for him. No touchdowns for him. Didn't get into the end zone, but boy, he set him up on any number of occasions. He caught passes for ten first downs. And uh, three of those were third and ten or longer, and one of them was a fourth and seven. And maybe the biggest one of the day was on uh, one of the late touchdown drives when they're trying to keep the clock rolling, and it was third and ten, and he caught a tough slant and bounced off the guy and fell forward for the first down. That was maybe one of the critical plays in the entire game because if 
you don't pick that one up, then you've got to punt it away to them and leave some hope for them to get back in it. But I think Ohio State went down and scored at that point and made it, I think, a 20-point game at that point, and it was all pretty much over but the shouting at that point. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he's nothing short of amazing right now. Yeah, JT Tua Maloal, uh, Defensive Player of the Week in the Big Ten, deservedly so. Six tackles, two sacks, three tackles for losses, two interceptions, a pick six, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a tip pass. Uh, and so uh, he had a coming out party, uh, as Ryan Day talked about. Uh, but what about the defense as a whole? I was looking at uh, your Twitter page, at uh, Steve Hellwag, and also at Bucknuts247, and I know Jim Knowles talked today to you guys. And, and uh, break it down for our listeners out there, Jim Knowles talking about how he's excited about the, the takeaways and some you know uh, tackles for losses, but also still feels they're giving up too many big plays. Yeah, four turnovers in the game, and all four of them had JT Tui Maloal's uh, fingerprints on them because he tipped the pass that went to uh, Zach Harrison for an interception. Then he had two interceptions, and he knocked the ball away from Sean Clifford for a fumble. That was one yep. of his two sacks as well. He had three tackles for loss. It was a partridge in a pear tree, just one of everything, <laughs> I think, for uh, JT Tui Maloal in this game. So uh, he was fabulous. I thought Tommy Eichenberg on the whole played pretty well. Uh, the running back bounced off of him at the three-yard line and fell into the end zone uh, for a touchdown. Uh, they had the, the wide receiver from Penn State corralled one time on a pass uh, to the far sideline, and he spun out of that and went down the sideline 58 yards for a touchdown. So they gave up some plays. They gave up a few big plays, and he said that they did everything they could to address those. When they got back to campus on Sunday, they watched the tape and have worked on uh, whatever the miscues were. But, uh, you know, when you've got guys that are making plays at the level that uh, that Ohio State's defense is making them at, you know, you can afford to give up a play here or there. And uh, I thought the Penn State, sometimes you just have to dip your cap to the opponent. I mean, you know, you watch uh, uh, what Clifford did. He threw the ball to Washington. And Washington made two or three amazing catches in that game uh, for Penn State. And uh, Clifford threw for 361 yards last year against Ohio State. It was 371 this time, and they battered him from pillar to post. So, you know, that guy, he deserves a little bit of credit as well uh, for what they were able to accomplish. Penn State really didn't establish the run. Uh, Ohio State was giving up about 91 yards a game rushing. They only gave up 111. So if you can contain the opponent in that way, uh, that really helps, puts the opponent behind on down a distance. So there were a lot of positives that came out of it, and I agree. I mean, there were some coverage issues. There was a pass interference penalty and different things that popped up from time to time. But uh, on the whole, I think you got to be pretty happy. Where do you expect the Buckeyes to be when the college football playoff committee announces their rankings tonight, Steve Hellwagen? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Georgia is number one in the media poll, the AP and number one in the coaches' poll. Ohio State is the clear number two in the coaches' poll, and they are tied with Tennessee, which is kind of curious that they are tied for number two, have the exact same number of voting points. Uh, Tennessee may have a few more first-place votes. But, uh, you know, Tennessee's win over Alabama is considered the top win by any team in the country right now, and Georgia's win over Oregon is right up there as well. So, you know, those those two teams have those two signature wins. 
Ohio State and Michigan both have wins over Penn State, who's still a ranked team. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, it seems like those four will be the top four with the likes of Clemson and TCU and Alabama and Oregon kind of falling in line behind them. Uh, you know, I my guess is it'll probably be Georgia 1 and then either Ohio State or Tennessee 2. But it's really kind of academic because Georgia plays Tennessee this week. So even if Ohio State is 3, they're going right. to move up to 2 with a win over Northwestern because the winner of the Georgia-Tennessee game would remain number 1 and the loser would fall, you know, down down around Alabama somewhere, you know, depending on, you know, probably Tennessee would be ahead of Alabama or, uh, you know, Georgia might fall behind Alabama. But, uh, you know, Georgia favored to win that game at home. So that's going to be an interesting one in and of itself. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of appointment television this weekend to sit down and watch some other teams play. And, uh, you know, Alabama LSU is another one, although I don't think LSU is quite on Alabama's level. But, uh, you know, we'll see if Alabama can, can go on the road and win a big one as well. Which plays out well for the Crimson Tide, too, because if they play out the string and then play in the SEC championship game, wouldn't they take on the winner of Georgia and Tennessee anyway? Yeah, that's how it would shake wow. out. Alabama's probably, uh, you know, if they're, they're able to win out, would obviously be the West rep. And I think the winner of the Georgia-Tennessee game will definitely rep the East, all things considered. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what it would be is Alabama against the winner of this game on Saturday. And uh, certainly the winner of that game would be in the playoff and remains to be seen whether, you know, the, the loser of the Georgia-Tennessee game or the loser of the SEC championship game would be another playoff team as well. You know, I guess so many variables have to play out. Does uh, Clemson run the table in the ACC? They've got a tough one with Notre Dame. Does uh, does uh, uh, TCU run the table in the Big 12? And uh, certainly, is, does the Big 10 champion end up 13-0 and as well? Those are other variables that will probably decide all that as well. Steve, last thing, and we'll let you go. Turn our attention to basketball since they're playing an exhibition game tonight. We've got it for everybody here on WHBC at 615. Tell us a little bit about this basketball team. We've got about two minutes left here. Uh, you know, who are the go-to guys? Um, uh, how does this team stack up as far as top 25 rankings and things of that nature? Yeah, first time in four years they're not ranked in the preseason. Uh, Lindy's preseason annual had them number three in the Big Ten, however. Uh, the media poll had them sixth in the Big Ten. Indiana is picked to win the Big Ten with Michigan probably right there with them. Uh, you need a roster to tell the players on this team. There's only four guys back from last year and only three of them who even played in a game with Ohio State last year with Zed Key, uh, the center. He's the only returning starter. Eugene Brown, who's a kind of a backup guard. And Justice Suing, who only played two games last year. He's back at forward. Uh, Brown is out with a concussion tonight. Suing is nursing an ankle injury, will not play tonight, but uh, they say he should be okay for the season opener next week against Robert Morris. They're playing three, I believe it's three low-major teams, mid-major teams here in Columbus as tune-ups. And the big thing is Thanksgiving week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they'll be out in Maui for the Maui Invitational, something Ohio State hasn't played in in almost 20 years. And uh, that is going to be a, a big one out there. They play San Diego State, which is a, a top 25 team 
uh, out there the first uh, game. And then I think possibly Cincinnati or Arkansas, I think, after that. So some tough opponents for them out there in Hawaii. That uh, And then they play Duke on uh, November 30th down at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So the month of November, you know, by the time this month's over, we'll know more about it. But uh, three big transfers, Sean McNeil from West Virginia, Tanner Holden, who had 37 points in an NCAA game against Bryant last year from Wright State. He's coming in. Uh, those two guys uh, are pivotal. And uh, Isaac Likely from Oklahoma State, uh, backup point guard, probably behind the freshman Bruce Thornton, who may start at uh, point guard for Ohio State. And Bryce Sensabaugh, Mr. Basketball in the state of Florida, true freshman. He'll take over for E.G. Liddell at power forward. So it's uh, going to be a fun team to watch and uh, interested to see what they look like tonight. Steve, we always appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, safe travels to Northwestern. Enjoy the hoop game tonight, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right, bud? Yep. All right, guys. Take care.